It's like Wayne's World. Teach me about the Great Lakes. Teach me about the Great Lakes. Welcome back to Teach Me About the Great Lakes. This is our first anniversary special. Yay! That's right. Exactly. Woo! One year ago today is when we launched Teach Me About the Great Lakes. And we're going to celebrate that a little bit and follow up on some stuff and just have a good time and set up an amazing 2021, at least podcast-wise. The rest of 2021, I'll be honest, guilty until proven innocent. But uh, I am joined today by a bunch of people. Megan Gunn, uh, one of our newest co-hosts. Megan, how are you? I'm good, Stuart. How are you? I'm good too. Megan uh, is a so Megan's uh, Megan's an aquatic education associate with us at Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. We also have Carolyn on. Carolyn, what's up? Um, not much right now. Okay, everything is going all right. Yeah, hey, we'll take it. It's only one fifteen, <laughs> but uh, we'll take it. That's uh, Carolyn Foley. She is Illinois Indiana Sea Grant's. Uh, Research coordinator. And we're also thrilled to be glad, uh, thrilled to be joined today by one of our favorite guests, the guest from the very first episode of Teach Me About the Great Lakes, Illinois Indiana Sea Grant's own pollution prevention specialist. Is that right? It is. Sarah Zach. Sarah, how are you? Hello. I'm great. How are you, Stuart? Oh, I'm great. I'm so happy to be celebrating this, uh, this first anniversary episode after a nice, relaxing winter holiday. And here we are. And so, uh, we got a big rundown today. So we'll just go through it. What we're going to do is, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about microplastics with Sarah. She's done a lot of cutting edge sort of outreach and been involved, uh, associated with uh, the whole microplastics issue in the Great Lakes. And so we're excited to talk about that uh, some more with her. But if you want to, for a little background, just go ahead and pause this and go to teachmeaboutthegreatlakes.com slash one and listen to Sarah's episode. It's a good one. They're also called Nerdles. And we'll link to it in the show note. Um, but we're going to show notes. We're going to follow up on that. But first, we want to introduce a brand new segment today uh, called Great Lakes Factoids. And like all great segments, this one starts with a theme song. It's a Great Lakes factoid. A Great Lakes factoid. It's a great factoid about the Great Lakes. Cha. Sarah, I understand you have a factoid about microplastics. Hit me. I do. So um, given the theme of today's podcast, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about how much plastic enters the Great Lakes. So our factoid is that about 22 million pounds, um, which is 10,000 metric tons of plastic debris, enters the Great Lakes every year from the United States and Canada. How much again? About 22 million 22 pounds. Wow. million pounds. It's kind of out, outrageous. That is a lot. And it's a lot. So do you know, based on your work, is a lot of that from, uh, is that is that in microplastic form primarily? Or do, do you know? It's both. both. Yes, it's both. So it's microplastics, larger plastics. And most of this, is, this work was done by modeling. Yeah. But, um, you know, no one can really go out there and measure yeah. millions of pounds of plastics. No. Um. But yeah, it's sort of the the sum total of all of the plastic debris that enters the Great Lakes. Holy moly, that's a lot of plastic. Well, and with that, that actually brings us to our main our main deal today, which is going to be this. We're going to do something a little bit different um, in celebration of of year one. Uh, but what we did was we all uh, over the last several months have been trying out all sorts of different plastic alternative products, right? Because one thing we talked a lot about on episode one is the idea of these alternative products and the utility, of, you know, like, are they good to use? Um, or why should you use them? Even though they're 22 million pounds, obviously, you're not gonna make a dent in that. Um, but but there's a, a lot of good reasons to use them. So we're going to talk about those today, but we're going to do it in a, a different way. We're going to do it in the form of a draft. All right, so let me explain how this is going to work. I have gone to our friends at random.org and randomly selected an order. Uh, well, I'll go last. I'm the host. I'm gracious, as you know. But uh, so anyway, <laughs> I will go last. But I've randomly selected an order for the draft. And what we're going to do is each person is going to pick one uh, of the items, one of the plastic alternative items that they used and loved. And uh, then we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But once that pick is taken, it's off the board. Um, so, you know, you're assembling your team of microplastic alternatives. And I think we're going to go through two rounds probably. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, you might want to be strategic. You might not want to be, but we'll talk about our experiences with them. Um, and thanks to our friends at random.org, uh, Sarah, Zach, you are going to go with the first pick. So what is your pick here? So the favorite thing that I did was over the course of the past few months, I've been making my own foaming hand soap. Whoa. Um, so, you know, pandemic times, right? Like hand soap shortage um, was a big deal. Uh, you know, soap shortages in general was a big deal. And we were all being told, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. And I have a six-year-old and a now 10-month-old at home. And so, you know... Um, washing our hands was a very big deal to us. And so I um, found, and there are tons of recipes online for this, but you can buy Castile soap. Okay. 
Um, there is a brand name associated with that that I won't oh, refer right, to. Right, right. A brand name with an interesting it. label. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, you know, large 32-ounce bottles of Castile soap, and they make um, – it makes about – 30 bottles of like drugstore foaming hand soap. So I already had some foaming hand soap bottles around. So I basically just cleaned them and have been reusing them for months. That's brilliant. Uh, And I just fill them up. It's two tablespoons of soap. I add a tablespoon of almond oil so that our hands don't get dry and then a little bit of water and just kind of gently shake it. And then boom, a a brand new thing of, of foaming hand soap huh. and it's worked fantastic and i highly recommend it. it's like the hippiest thing that i do but it's also like <laughs> it's like every time i do it i'm like man i should have done this sooner because it's also super cheap really like so does it because every one of those bottles is like four bucks but you can buy a for yeah for a little thing of foaming hand soap but you can buy a big thing of the castile soap for like 10 12 dollars and make 30 bottles of Huh. So, so does it stay suspended? Like when you mix it up, how does that? It does. Yeah. So you have to kind of be gentle when you like, cause if you shake it, then, you know, it just foams in the bottle. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, like in the bathrooms where are the places where that doesn't get used as often, like every couple of weeks, I'll kind of give it a couple turns just okay. to make sure that it stays mixed. Like a fine that's wine it. that you're yes. celery. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Look at that. So easy, cheap. So that seems yeah. like it's largely just better all around, right? Yeah. You, I mean, I, I, I've been really happy with it. Oh, that's a very strong first pick of the draft for you. Uh, so yours is making your own soap out of Castile soap. Yeah. And that really cuts back on your plastic bottle consumption. Love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't done to save plastic. It was just a really nice byproduct of the whole process. It's that you're really reducing them. And yeah, do you, you get to yeah. pick your own scent, I guess? You can. Yeah. Or yeah. like I have unscented soap and I add essential oils to it. Right. Just oh, for smart. smart. Yeah. Huh. Which are expensive. Like that adds to the cost. You don't have yeah. to do yeah, it. Yeah, but it also adds to the fun. It's the thing. Right. So. It does. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So in theory, we're supposed to be allowed to talk about other things. So since Sarah took foaming soap off the table, something that I've found was really cool is that there are actually companies that are sort of, you're not, you know, for the not quite do it yourself. Yeah. Um, they have like little pods. Yeah. So they're trying to reduce the. So you basically buy like the bottle one time and then you buy pods and then you mix them up in the bottle and stuff like that. That's been kind of interesting. So are the pods, they have like a little film around them, like our dishwasher tabs do, or what, or are they just kind of, what do they look like? The ones that I've seen, I don't know about you, Carolyn, but the ones that I've seen are like, um, pressed powder almost. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So that's like, and that's not, I don't think it's nearly as cheap. I think it's more on the order of if you bought a bottle each time, but it's slightly cheaper than if yeah. you bought a bottle each time um, and, and stuff like that. But it still saves yeah. an enormous amount of plastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really yeah, cool. exactly. Do they taste as good as the Tide Pods or, or not quite? <laughs> well, you know, I haven't well, tried We need to have yet. some kids on and ask the kids. <laughs> That'll be yeah. Yeah. No! That'll be our second anniversary special. We taste different <laughs> detergents. Uh, excellent all right uh so with the second pick of the first uh, round we have megan gunn megan what you got so i will preface this with i was born in 1990 mm-hmm. and so oh, oh, i don't remember safety razors <laughs> like that wasn't a thing when i was growing up um like it was just going and grabbing disposable razors from whatever nearby store and you just use a disposable razor and throw it away so over the last few months, I found a safety razor, which I thought was this newfound thing, but it's not. Um, but it's amazing. It just it just sits by the shower, and I can the the razor itself is metal. The blades are metal. They come in a they come with a little tin that you can just put the blades in after you're finished, and you can send it back to the company, and they'll make sure that it's recycled properly and. You can order more razor blades, but you can also just get them from wherever they sell safety razor blades. Um, and so that was that was my newfound number one pick for the sustainability purposes and plastic free. That's really cool. That is. I've not ever felt much older than I feel right now, um, but <laughs> that's fine. No, back. Uh, so we don't do a video podcast for reasons that are very apparent um, if you've seen me, but I don't I'm not uh, uh, often in the razor market, I guess. But but um, when I was, uh, I, I I used to love the replaceable blade razor things, but but I didn't. Yeah, mine wasn't so fancy that you could recycle it and all that. You just threw it in the trash and, and got another one. So this is cool. 
Yeah. Oh, and the the even better part, you can pick how many blades you want to have on it. So if you're like a one blade person, you can just have one blade. But if you like three, like me, you can have all three blades on there and it's perfect. Or if you don't want to say bleep it and go five blades, you can. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Maybe, but that'll be a little tough to glue on or something. Well, that's uh, cool. Um, so uh, safety razors. Great. And do you find, um, without getting too personal, do you find it to be uh, similarly easy to shave or is it a big challenge? Or I think it's easier. Well, really? okay. So it's probably the, the same, but I shave more because I it's like, it's sitting right by the shower now. It's not in the garbage and I have to like, or search for a new one. Um, it's always sitting right there. And um, there's no weird film on the razor itself because it's been like wet and then dry, wet and then dry. I just use whatever soap is nearby as my, and I mean, that saves plastic too. I'm not buying a bunch of weird cans or containers of shaving gel. Um, you could just use, which I always did anyways, you could just use whatever soap or conditioner is nearby. Did it freak you out the first time you used it? Like, I'm shaving with straight razor blades, even though you're shaving with straight razor blades anyway, like with disposable yeah, razors. Like, a little bit. Yeah. Just like the idea of it is a mm-hmm. little. It, it was, is this going to be different? And then it was like, yeah. oh no, this is the same. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Well, what a great recommendation. Our first two is interesting. You're kind of uh, going old school a little bit, right? Making your own soap yeah. and uh, using old school <laughs> razors like. This case, Megan's mm-hmm. going back maybe 25 years. Sarah's going back maybe 250 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. And then, uh, all right, with the uh, third pick in the first round of our plastic alternative draft, Carolyn Foley. Carolyn, what you got? All right. Am I allowed to pick bar soap or did Sarah take no, bar soap? No, I can get a ruling. And uh, the ruling is you are allowed to take bar soap. She took hand soap. Yeah. All right. Then bar soap because um the bar soap that you can buy in the cardboard boxes so there's not the shrink wrap and there's not and even if you buy them in multiple packages there's maybe some shrink wrap all around the outside but it's still less than each individual one one thing i found kind of weird when i went looking for products here is how many of the soaps and stuff that are sort of market or toothbrushes or anything that are sort of marketed as like better for the world that are still completely yeah. covered in plastic yeah. and and like the plastic that no i mean the place that i live doesn't recycle everything um but there are some things that don't get recycled anywhere right pretty much so um so yeah so um just the plain old bar soap in the boxes you can recycle the boxes or let your kids draw on them or whatever yeah. and it's great and so do you keep that by your yeah. sink or is that a shower situation uh all <laughs> yeah, bar soap. Bar soap. I don't know. It's, bar soap. Yeah. Uh, first pick of the. Uh, uh, yeah, probably more shower. As I'm understanding the question. I, like, I mean, I remember <laughs> as a kid though, like having little soap dishes and yeah. bars of soap in the bathroom mm-hmm. at the sinks. Like we didn't have hand soap, like pumps of hand soap when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Like, right. Maybe I'm dating myself. I don't know, but yeah. like it feels like liquid based yeah. soaps is more of a newer like. Yeah, that that I don't really, know a new that strikes me. It's having come up in the 90s um, with some of those mall-based stores that would sell all the stinky ones um, that you'll buy your girlfriend or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, or your boyfriend or whatever. But but uh, the, my experience was in buying stuff from those stores for a uh, uh, girlfriend. And like you would it come out. It was like and, a novelty, yeah. right? Like it wasn't yeah. something that And it went from novelty said, to everything. Yeah. It's like, why is everything? Yeah, yeah. now everything is just right. plastic. I mean, of course, because it's cheap to ship. It's indestructible. I mean, it's a really great product from a lot of ways. But the end result is 220 million pounds of plastic in the Great Lakes every year. Yeah. Right. And cleaning soap dishes is kind of a pain in the butt. I don't know. I used to have to do that at my house and it was like, <laughs> scrape it out. But you can sort of refashion it into a new thing if you were creative. So anyway, <laughs> I've done that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're out of soap, you just rub your hand on the bottom of the soap dish and you get enough from it. I, I mean, I, I use bar soap to wash my face and I... Um, and it stays in the shower and lives in the shower. And I'm frequently like, oh, crap, I forgot to get another bar. Quick, let's see what's on the bottom of the soap dish. Like, that's, yeah, I forget to do that. Yep. It's kind of handy in a way, I guess. <laughs> it's like adding more water to the bottle, mm-hmm. to right, when you've only exactly. got a little bit left. There was one time I tried to to do a lot of DIY sustainability stuff. And I took a, I took a bar soap and I shaved it down in water and melted it to make liquid soap. I've always wanted to do that. It didn't go so well. It was way too liquidy and weird, but in theory, it could have been really great. 
that is something that I have looked at before. And they're like, um, I'm like a wannabe DIYer. Like I have a whole set of bookmarks of like all these cool DIY things that I will never do, even though I could like, and making my own soaps for people as gifts was definitely high on, mm-hmm. on my uh, want list for, for Christmas, but I never got around to doing it, but it was the same thing, right? Like it was like, you either like shave down a bar of soap or you buy the flaked soaps and then you can mold them yourself and you can add scents and you can, but I never did it. Yeah. We did that with our kids one year uh, for, we made bath bombs for holiday gifts. Uh, and it involved flakes. There were flakes, massive quantities of flakes. And yeah. yeah. Um, and we (laughs) gave them away and I don't think my mom ever used them. Uh, but that's fine. All right. Uh, I'm going to finish off the round, but you know what? Let's stick with the soap theme, um, or a cleanliness theme. Uh, we'll do that. And, and so one thing that we've been using that I think is really great are, uh, scrub brushes that instead of being made like with a plastic handle, have a wooden handle. Um, and so the ones that I've been using and they have a wooden handle. And then instead of like nylon bristles, they have bristles made out of some sort of plant fiber. Uh, like the one yeah. I used was uh, out of a plant called uh, Palmyra or Tampico, I think. Um, but it's hard to know, but it's, so it's made out of a plant fiber. And so here's what I like about these. I, I do like them. We use them all the time. Now they are a little bit more expensive. You can get them if you're, you have to, what you have to do is look for sales, right? And so one we have it, it doesn't, it has a, you grab it, it's got a knob, not like a lengthy handle, you know, um, at a right angle. You can buy them with that, but we, we use the knob style and uh, probably about four bucks each. Um, and they last roughly as long as the plastic ones do, um, with one exception that I'll get to in a second. And so what I like about these is, you know, uh, they're made out of wood and fiber, so no plastic. They're totally, they're compostable, actually. I mean, if that's your deal, I know in Chicago you don't have backyards, but but we have backyards in West Lafayette. And so, um, uh, you know, we have a compost. I'm in the like burbs. Yeah. And so we can just uh, chuck it out there when we're done. But, you know, they're they're sturdy. And so, you know, I can clean out my cast iron pan and everything without problems. They work on that well. And the one, uh, but the one thing that I like about them a lot is I am impatient. For example, when I go to get pizza, I will inevitably burn the roof of my mouth on the pizza because I can't wait three <laughs> minutes for that to cool down. And, and so when I use <laughs> nylon, like scrub brushes in the dishes, my especially cast iron pan which stays hot forever it'll still be hot i'll put the scrub the nylon brush in there and it will shrivel up uh i will not draw an analogy what it will shrivel up like um (laughs) like george costanza in the pool and uh (laughs) and um uh, but with these these plant things they don't so if your pan is still hot you can just go ahead you can scrub right away you don't need to be patient um they are you know sturdy uh and they they work Burning your hands if it's melting your nylon bristles. How are you handling the pan? Because uh, I handle the pan with a, a pan handle, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I or, you know, know, like a, yeah. a, a, a hot pad or whatever. Pad, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or the handle is a little bit less hot because it depends on what you're doing, right? I suppose. Yeah. 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 Um, and they're safe. We don't we don't really have any nonstick pans in the house, um, but they're safe for nonstick. And you know, it's, it's good. It's a good product. Uh, it lasts roughly as long, especially if you tend to melt the handles of your nylon ones or the bristles. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's a couple bucks more, uh, or a buck or two more probably than it is. And so that's a that's a deal. Um, or that's a uh, that's a, a con, I suppose. But but yeah, we've tried a few different ones of these, and and I love them. Um, Guilt free, higher quality. It seems to me. So uh, big fan. I'll have to look for them. Yes. Or at least, no, I have been looking for them and I can't find something that I want. Yeah. So, well, it's really personal, right? Everybody's dish pan or brush, like you got the style you want. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oddly personal, actually. Yeah. Like, it sounds like even more personal have- than your razors. Yeah. We have two things in our house. Like, you know, one is what my husband uses and one is what I use. And we don't use each other. Like, we like to wash dishes differently. Mm -hmm. I've seen like sets. I've never seen like single, like I've never gone to Target and seen like a, uh, a bamboo or a wooden scrub brush, but I have seen sets sold online where you can get like whole, um, dishwashing, all your dishwashing tools in, um, you know, wood-based products, which I thought were really cool, but they were expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that's something, you know, that's what a lot of this stuff is. It seems like it goes one of two ways. Either it's cost savings, kind of like y'all are talking about with uh, you're making your own soap and saving money, or it is, you got to pay a little bit extra. Um, and maybe you get higher mm-hmm. quality. Uh, like I feel like these are, or maybe you don't. And that can be like even doing Sarah's, you know, pay $10 and then you can use it for a really, really long time. You still have to have the $10, right? Which is, um, 
which is really tricky. For, no, I agree. For when when you're thinking yeah. about like proposing yeah. these as large scale yeah. solutions, I think that's something you have to take into effect. Is that this is yeah largely it's dependent. I mean, it, it almost sounds stupid to say or silly to say, but it is kind of a, a position of privilege where you can either have the ten bucks in advance or spend two extra bucks on a dish scrub brush. And if somebody can't, right. that's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's a real challenge I noticed with a lot of this right, stuff. Right, is right, that yeah, yeah, it's upfront investments or it's uh, a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. All right. Well, uh, round one is in the books. If we had commercial sponsors, I would take a sponsor break, but we don't. So let's jump. Nor, nor do we want any. We've had people email us. We're good. We're good. Uh, public service we provide to you, the listener. Okay, round one is in the books, and so let's go to round two. Sarah, what is your uh, second pick in the draft here? So I'm, I don't really know. I want to draft something I'm on the fence about because, in theory, I want to like this thing. So I'm, I'm going to draft um, toothpaste powder, and I think I'll separate it from the toothpaste tablets because I've never tried the toothpaste tablets. Toothpaste powder. What is tell tell us about toothpaste powder? because toothpaste by definition feels like it should be a paste not a powder right well this so this is a powder that you either dip your toothbrush in or you sprinkle on your toothbrush and it comes in a tin and then in your mouth much like the toothpaste tablets it foams and it kind of they dissolve in water and it turns to you know well i mean it's all just foam in your mouth it never turns to a paste it just goes kind of straight to foam um and the fact that it came in this really cool tin, I really, really liked. I was super disappointed when I got it. I didn't realize um, because I had my heart set on trying powder, I ended up ordering it on Amazon, which is a whole thing. Um, but what I didn't know is that the top is plastic. So I was super bummed about that. So I, I got away from the tube. I didn't get away from the cap. I doubt very much that the top of this thing, even though it's removable, I doubt very much that it's recyclable because it's so small. Right. Um, but I at least got away from having a tube, but, um, like, I really liked it. I liked the way it feel. I I felt like it, it, I feel like it does a good job on brushing my teeth, but it is so messy. Hmm. And so I want to draft it in theory. Um, but it needs some packaging improvements. I think like I have to basically like sprinkle it on my toothbrush and it just gets everywhere. Or you wet your toothbrush and you dip it, but then your wet toothbrush makes it all like clumpy and like, you know, you're putting toothbrush water in your toothpaste. Yeah. Yeah, And you certainly can't, I mean, I know some people probably don't share toothpaste anyway, but you certainly don't want to share that with another person. Like, oh, here here you go. Yeah. Sarah didn't even share scrub brushes. You're not sharing toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so yeah, but I mean, I really liked, I liked it in theory and I think I would, it's a product that I would continue to use if I could find like the right one. So it's a developmental pick, right? Yeah, it just wasn't it. So you're going to bring it to practice for a few years and train it up and then in a couple of years. So, so does it have like a taste? Cause you know, toothpaste, you get yeah, flavors. It's yeah. It's, I mean, it's mint, it's mint flavor. Mint. Full disclosure. This is um, because toothpaste, I didn't, I tried to buy products that were kind of cost effective, yeah. right? Like I wasn't going to spend $13 or $15 on, on um, toothpaste powder because that's just outrageous. So this one was $5 it is Indian. It is not from this country. Okay. Um, but it was purchased, so it's distributed here through Amazon. So, um, I mean, there's a whole conversation, I guess, to be had about the shipping, carbon costs of the shipping toothpaste from India to an Amazon warehouse and then me getting it from Amazon to here. Um, but I, uh, it was the least expensive one that I could find that, you know, seemed normal. Okay. And so is mint the one flavor you tried? Have you tried several? Yeah. All right. Nope. Mint was the one flavor that I, it's like basic. I mean, this is made by a major toothpaste company. Yeah, yeah. So it tastes just like your regular mm. toothpaste. See, that's what's always skewed me out. Or they make, they'll make some like out of, oh, what's the stuff? Activated uh, charcoal? charcoal. Charcoal. And I'm like, is that going to turn my teeth black? 
I mean, yeah, it, well, yeah. it doesn't turn your teeth black, but when you, because, okay, I'm going to pile on here. Um, so because we're talking about toothpastey stuff. Yeah. So I had something similar where I got, I was looking for some kind of toothpastey thing and they all had activated charcoal in them. Mm. And the one that I got, I got it because it was in a box rather than in a plastic thing, but then you pull it out and it's like, Oh, it's still a tube. Oh. <laughs> and and yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is, but then, yeah. So it's, it's black when it goes on and then you brush your teeth and your teeth look like you've I don't know, like they're just completely gross. And I'm like, I don't know that, like, I know that you're not supposed to swallow toothpaste anyway. And I tell my kids to not swallow toothpaste anyway. But then I went down this whole hole of like, but what about charcoal? Is charcoal bad? Like if charcoal goes out into the environment, is that going to be bad? And most of what I've found was that people don't think it's all that bad. But yeah, so anyway. I mean, it's used to like trap toxins, right? Like exactly, right. in like water filters and things like that. So I would think that it wouldn't be harmful. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, they like use it at the water treatment plant to yeah. trap the things that are going by. So in theory, but I, I didn't get to read enough about it. But anyway, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's weird though, because like you're, you're rinsing and you, you're like, why? Um, I was thinking that my mom next time, if she ever comes to my house ever again, you know, when COVID's done, um, that uh, that she'll be like, why is your sink so dirty? <laughs> it's just my toothpaste now. Anyway, yeah. I think charcoal is like used as a, some kind of digestive cleaner. So it may not be too bad. Don't fully quote me on that, but I'm almost positive that they yeah, like if it. A- Kid gets poisoned. They or a dog gets poisoned. They pump your stomach full of charcoal, and then yeah, it right to get you to, yeah to get you to kind of throw the bad stuff up. So maybe it's more okay to swallow than some other things. Yeah. <laughs> when when in fun. doubt, just don't swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. But like, there's always a tiny bit left. You yes. Know? <laughs> yes. That's so there's true. like iodine powder. Over time, you will become immune. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> excellent reference. <laughs> All right. Uh, great. So uh, uh, mint toothpaste powder is off the board with the first pick in uh, round two from Sarah. Uh, Megan, what do you have uh, for your second pick? Well, let's see. Let's let's stick with the, the mouth, the <laughs> mouth. And I'm going to go with bamboo toothbrushes. Bamboo so, toothbrushes. You know, we're supposed to change our toothbrushes every six months or whenever you go to the dentist and they give you a new toothbrush. So that's when I do mine. Um but that's, I mean, you're just throwing plastic away. And so mm-hmm. I found these bamboo toothbrushes and they're super inexpensive if you get them in a pack. If you get, there are some some healthy stores that will sell them individually and they get pretty pricey, but you can go to a, like a big box store and get a whole five, six, seven pack and, and they're pretty inexpensive that way. Um, but you just, you I, I have, well, I usually just throw them away anyways. Mm-hmm. But you can break off the bristles and then compost this. the brush part, the handle. Ooh, so very cool. What are the bristles made of? So they're made out of some sort of plasticky or nylon or something? I or? think so, yeah. That's cool, though. So the bristles are the same. It's the handle that's different. Mm-hmm. So just a smaller amount of plastic is being put back into the environment. But I'm sure they have some that are that are like, like you said, Stuart, they have some some plant fiber bristles. I just haven't looked yeah. for something like that. And you don't have to wait for your teeth to cool off before you brush them. So that's always good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I was really, I'm glad that someone drafted that because that's one that I didn't get a chance to try, but was really um, excited about. And so getting that sort of stamp of approval makes me like, I'm, I think I'll definitely do it. I've not had any complaints from the dentist. They can't, they can't tell that I stopped using, I had an electric toothbrush. That's what really sent me over. Like you have to change the head and it's just these, just so much waste. Yeah. Um, right. So I was like, well, let me try something different. And they can't seem to tell. So well, that's good. Dentist approved. Now you're still young, but I wonder about yeah, that. Cause I'm a big electric toothbrush. Uh, I mean, my electric toothbrush is normal size, but I, I, I'm a fan of it. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, ever since I went to the dentist, like at this point, 15 years ago, and they t- you know sold me an electric toothbrush, and ever since then, but I feel guilty because yeah, every few months you're throwing away you know a four inch long piece of plastic, and then every mm-hmm. few years you're throwing away the whole stupid thing because of course yeah. they don't make them with replaceable batteries because uh, you know uh, where's the profit in that? Um, which right. you know I, no comment, I understand, but but so I've been frustrated by it, but I, I'm afraid to go away because they boy do they you know it's scrubby scrubby clean. I'm I'm a dentist a dental all star. Uh, whenever I go. <laughs> so I have a question though, Megan, did you, so 
one thing, because I tried a, a bamboo handle toothbrush as well, um, but do you feel weird like when it's a little bit wet afterward? Do you feel the need to like dry it off? Yeah. So that, or have you, yeah. There, there are yeah. sometimes, I don't know if I like, I feel like my mouth is gross and the whole thing gets super wet because I'm like, I'm really in there. Um, <laughs> but there are, there are other days. So, so those days I just like, I'll rinse it off and then I'll just kind of sit it across the toothbrush holder so it can dry. Um, right. So it can air dry. But then there are some days where I'll just wipe it off. But there are also the, the days where, I don't know if my mouth just feels less gross than those days where I get the whole thing wet, but just, it doesn't, I just put it in. Huh. Yeah. Does it just feel like wet wood or is it like sanded in a way where it feels wet like just wet wood? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just wet wood, but like the thought of wet wood over and over again, I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> but also like I use wood, wood is like, like rubbing the inside of your mouth too, right? Like, cause you're, the back of the brush is rubbing your mouth. So like if your mouth is kind of dirty, then the wood is rubbing your so yeah, you want it yeah. to dry so that mm-hmm. like, what's on there Although is kind of... Hmm. That's not necessarily different from yeah. a plastic toothbrush, I guess. But yeah, something no. about the wood it feels more. like exactly. wood is absorbent in a way that plastic yeah. might not be, even though they're both just going to dry eventually. Yep. I agree. But then if you're ever... Not that I've ever been bad and not replaced my toothbrush every six months, but um, like if you, they get pretty gross too. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> Maybe no different. Yeah. Okay, uh, great. Well, with the second pick, Megan takes um, uh, bamboo toothbrushes. Carolyn, what do you have for your second pick? Um, I will pick um, metal tea diffusers. And like, instead of, so like you can get, um, you know, you can get really fancy teas and little sachets and things like that. But there was a, a study that came out sometime last year, I believe, that was like, there's just gobs of teeny tiny no, pieces of plastic that. that come out with that, right? Like when you're putting it into, yeah. So along with your tea, you're getting a nice dose of microplastic. Oh my God, get out of here. I just finished a delicious chai tea. The fancy sachets, right? Like not not necessarily every tea bag, but the ones that are like the yeah. really pretty kind like the tri- of- Like the that- pyramid ones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. But why? But yeah, what you can do because of the what they're made of. Because um, they're not made so, of like yeah. cotton based or exactly. exactly. Damn it. Yeah. So, so I will try to find the link to that story um, in the article that was done, so that everyone can go. Ah, but um, but what you can get instead are those, you know, the metal diffusers. And again, this is a thing where um, depending on there are lots of places that are selling loose leaf tea, right? Um, there is one store in Canada that is awesome and really cheap. Um, but there, no sorry, chance. I'm the one who was like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So you can look around though, and you can get loose leaf tea that is fairly economical um, and is actually cheaper than like a box of you know tea from the grocery store or whatever um and it's really good and you can add i like that you can you know you can tailor it to your taste if you're feeling like a stronger thing one day but then the the metal diffusers too there's all sorts of different styles that you can have and i mean you can get like a death star one and when you're having a bad day you can sit there and pretend to pull the death star out of your teacup i mean i mean yeah so there's a lot of nice options and um yeah there we go i love that metal tea diffusers but so you have to get loose leaf tea so that's like a whole rabbit hole you could fall down yeah and i have and it's great I'm not going to lie. I spent a couple hours this morning roasting coffee outside of my driveway. So I am ready to fall down this rabbit hole. We're going to have to talk after. That's excellent. I hadn't even thought about like the things I've been using for years that are plastic alternatives. But I, I got one, um, a metal strainer at the Feast of the Hunter's Moon, the festival that they have out here, years ago. And it was maybe a dollar. And I used it all right. the time. You've been saving plastic yep. for as long as you've been alive. <laughs> all, all, all 16 years or whatever it is that's excellent <laughs> all right great and uh so for my third the last pick excuse me for my uh second pick the last pick i'm gonna choose this is one um i'm gonna stay with sort of the food-based theme and that is metal plates for our children so we have uh a lot of children too many children um <laughs> And, you know, there are a lot of choices and comes, you know, and so the problem with kids is like, we try to let them use our ceramic stuff periodically to teach them, oh, it's, you know, know, real stuff and it's high quality or whatever, but they often will break it. And so when they're younger, like uh, our five-year-old and up, like four-year-old, you know, but for our youngest kids, um, 
you know, you have a choice of what you want to do. And so we've been using metal plates with our kids instead of the plastic ones. And I'm a huge fan of this for a few reasons. Um, one is it's like a higher quality piece of equipment, generally speaking, equipment. <laughs> uh, I don't use kitchen wares. I use kitchen equipment. Um, <laughs> I'm a man's man. But, uh, but, but it's, you know, it's like a really nice high quality thing. It's a metal plate. It's subdivided or whatever. It's not going to break the kids, you know, like plastic stuff. You can send it through a dishwasher a trillion times uh, and it doesn't, you know, get brittle or age or anything. Uh, Sarah talks about how she's a would-be hippie and that's fine. Um, but, uh, for me, one significant <laughs> advantage of these is they don't tend to be covered in, in advertisements for popular uh, culture yeah. things, which uh, that's nice. what some people care about that. Some think it's a disadvantage. That's fine. Everybody raise your kids how you want to. Um, but, but for me, uh, that's a big advantage that they're not staring at that all day. Um, and, you know, they're eating off of a high quality piece of dinnerware, which I love. Uh, so it's strong. Um, it's sturdy. It's, you know, segmented. Uh, you can just bang it around. Uh, like I love it. Big fan, big fan of giving the kids that. And we get little cocktail forks. Um, essentially, you know, we go to, there's a, uh, a big store that our director likes, um, where they sell, uh, cocktail forks and that's what the kids use. And it's awesome. Uh, so big fan of that. Yeah. Big fan of that. Um, and I would like to unrecommend related to that. We were talking about this before we started recording. I would unrecommend steel water bottles for kids under about age six because they become weapons really easily. Like I, I walk around my three year old, uh, well, we don't have a three year old right now, but when my kids are like two or three or whatever, I just am terrified that they're going to whap me with a, a full steel <laughs> water bottle. So, uh, Get, yeah, we have steel cups. Those are good. Uh, steel plates. Those are good. Um, or is it steel? I don't know anything about metal. Whatever it is, metal plates, metal cups, metal water bottles terrify me. So, uh, but anyway, That's interesting. Yeah, we've tried to get away from um, from plastic, but we've gravitated towards silicone. Mm. And I don't know. I have no idea whether it, metal was just never something that I yeah. even never even entered into my mind. I just you know we have like a little. Um, for the baby, we have like a little divided, it's a placemat slash yeah. plate. Oh, cool. Um, it's made of silicone Placemat. and for like, you know, because he's learning table foods and things like that. And we have a little trainer silicone cup that he uses. There you go. Um, but it's really hard to get away from kids stuff that isn't plastic. Yeah, that could be plastic. its own episode. It's more, yeah, I mean, it's more expensive and it's just difficult to find whether it's metal or silicone or what or glass or whatever. It's hard to find stuff for kids. And I'll be honest, when you have young kids, it's like you don't even care to a certain extent, especially very young kids. Like we're hopefully they're going to use it for such a limited amount of time that it feels like like there's two schools of thought. Like right, like um, I don't need this to be super nice. I don't need to spend a lot of money on this because they're not going to use it for a long time. Mm -hmm. But then the whole well, yeah, those things may be true. But then that automatically equates to creating more waste. You're also very very tired. You're right. You're exhausted. I don't feel like yes. dealing with it. That is totally true. And maybe we will yeah. do a whole, uh, that could be an interesting episode. We get some people on and talk about plastic, plastic light parenting, uh, might be, might be a fun thing to talk <laughs> about. But uh, another thing that's nice is when you get higher quality stuff, you can pass it down from kid to kid, but you have to store mm-hmm. it. And so again, it comes down to, we live in West Lafayette where it costs like a dollar for, uh, uh, you know, a huge house, um, compared to other places I've lived. And, and so we have tons of storage. That's not a challenge for us here. Um, but that, yeah. you know, it could be in other, other situations. Yep. Okay, well, uh, there is our draft of plastic-free alternatives, and um, we're not going to link to specific products in our show notes because the uh, best practice with outreach and extension is not to do that. But we will have a list if you look in our show notes of what we picked. And if you have uh, experience with any of these or want to talk about us, send us an email at uh, teachmeaboutthegreatlakes at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at the hashtag ask great lakes and uh, we'd love to hear about your experiences um, and we can talk about them in the future and uh, with that we'll close out the draft with uh, one of these songs that I'm about to pick right now how about this one Sarah, we didn't just bring you on to draft plastic alternatives. That was fun. I enjoyed it. But really, what we brought you on is to do something that is much more interesting and much more important, and that is to answer these two questions. Question one is, if you could have a great san- oh, a great donut for breakfast or a great sandwich for lunch, which would you pick? That is so easy, and it's surprised even me when I thought of the answer to this question. I would pick a sandwich. Sandwich. Uh, and I am a sweets person. And the reason that I would pick a sandwich is because there have been sandwiches in my life 
that have stuck with me stuck with that you. I think about that I dream about now that I have moved mm-hmm. away. I used to live in Chicago and um, two years ago moved out to the suburbs. There's a particular sandwich at a restaurant called Bat 21 in Evanston that I dream about. And one day we'll go back there and eat that sandwich. <laughs> What's the sandwich? However, yeah. I have never met a donut that I won't eat. Sure. <laughs> I will eat any donut. Yep. And all fair. donuts are good donuts, but not all sandwiches are good sandwiches. All right. So when I go to Bat back 21... Bat, B-A-T, like bat that flies. Bat that flies. So I'm going to bat 21. What what sandwich am I going what, to what sandwich? Am so I they, it's a sandwich place and their sandwiches are amazing because they're made on, oh my God, I'm basically going to do a commercial for them. They Their sandwiches are made on fresh baked bread from a bakery that's just down the street and their meats are really good and they're enormous and oh my God, they're amazing. And so my favorite one is like turkey and cheese and this dressing and coleslaw and it's griddled and it's hot. So it's basically like a turkey Reuben. Turkey Reuben. Um, but the, Oh God, my mouth's watering. There it is. Like literally, yeah. literally my mouth is watering right now. <laughs> and it, what time is it? I guess it is around lunchtime. So that doesn't it's make sense. It's lunchtime central. Yeah. Well, I'm central. Yeah. So mm. I, I just want to point out how many people like sandwich was yeah. really the big winner last year in all really? of the episodes. I think like, very few people said donut. And then those who did say donut yep. would talk about yeah. vegan donuts, which this I have. This is interesting. Before. And anyway. I've had really good, like I've been to Voodoo Donuts in Portland. And yeah. we have a great donut shop here in the town that I live in now that's famous in the Northwest suburbs. And so I've eaten good donuts. But but to replicate that sandwich, who boy. Oh, baby. <laughs> As a, oh, baby. Oh, mama. That's a good sandwich. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll have to try it out. So um, as far as I can tell, Bat 21 is a war film with Gene Hackman and Danny Glover. Is there a chance that you're Wait, thinking Bat 17? Maybe oh, Bat 17. Bat 17. Huh. The, the, Damn it, Sarah. <laughs> should have done my research. The fifth location yes, Bat is Bat 17. 21. That's all right. Um, I mean, they're both, you know, odd numbers. Yeah, yeah. So watch the movie Bat 21, which I've never seen. Um <laughs> But uh, it's available uh, on Hulu, I guess, and it got a thoroughly mediocre Rotten Tomato rating. So go ahead and watch that. Um, and while you're doing it, enjoy a sandwich from Bat 17. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Well, yes. I think you're so excited for 2021 to occur that you're just adding 21. Maybe that's yep. what it was. Or be over. Right. And oh, well, so, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so far, not so good. <laughs> I saw a thing the other day. We're recording this on the 8th of January. Uh, I saw someone send me a text on the 7th saying that they had tried the seven-day free trial of 2021 and they would like to return it <laughs> for the refund. Well, yeah, I, I saw something the other day, too, that said that this today is actually, like, December, you know, 40th. Oh, it's, it? yep. uh, it's not January 9th. It's December. Oh, it's December 40th. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And so the second question we have to ask you is, is, is this. So you are the uh, Pollution Prevention Outreach Specialist with Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. So what is it that makes uh, for a really good outreach specialist? Or what is it something that you bring in particular that you think makes you really good at your job that maybe people might bring to their job as well? It's a really good question. So I think think um, I'm kind of a self-deprecating person, but I think that um, well, what I enjoy most about the job, which then I think I hope then translates into being good at it, is um, that even though I consider myself to be a fairly introverted person, I can run my mouth with the best of them. Yeah. <laughs> and I like to talk to people. I like to interact with people. Um, it's work for me. But, um, but I enjoy it very much. I like giving talks. I like um, sharing knowledge with people. And so I think if you like doing that and you like talking with people, um, then it, it um, can come kind of naturally. Yeah. Um, so as long as you know what you're talking about, you can help people and teach them things. And uh, hopefully then that translates into you know, being a good outreach specialist. That's really wonderful. That's interesting to hear. Uh, Sarah, if people want to find out more about the work you do as an outreach specialist or just want to uh, reach out to you, where can they find you? Is there a social media feed, a web page? Yeah. So um, so our program, our pollution prevention program has a, a Twitter feed um, and it's at Great Lakes P2. P2. Um, and then my personal Twitter is P2 for pollution prevention. Um, and then my personal Twitter is at Sarah with an H, um, S-A-R-A-H-A-Z-A-C-K. A for at awesome. Sarah A-Z-A-C-K. 
Hebrew awesome. Hebrew yes. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and teaching us all about the Great Lakes. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This is great. Can I add something that I thought was really interesting? Um, we are past our draft now, but almost everybody said metal straws yeah. um, in their list of things. And I thought that was super interesting because it was it's one of those easy alternatives that most people gravitated to when you think about, oh, go plastic free. They're like, no plastic straws. Decline the straw. Um, but they're easy to just carry around and have in your book bag or not pocket. That's a little dangerous. Yeah, you just get stabbed by a straw and a pen, yeah. But no, yeah. and they're also, like, they keep the drink really cold. It's like... Mm -hmm. No, I like them. You're right. No, metal straws are good. No, those were definitely on my list, too. What else did you have? We'll, we'll just add this in. Um, what else did you have on your list that maybe didn't get picked? Oh, let me see. I think that was that was most everything. Those were the the big, awesome ones. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of deodorants that I know some people used. Um, Hope Charters, our communication coordinator, she had to back out at the last moment, but I know she had used some of that and, and had some thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, let's see. I had metal straws. You know, there's a whole deal on uh, plastic-free parent or plastic-light parenting. Uh, we've done a lot of cloth diapering of our three kids, and so I have lots of thoughts on that. Um, overall, I'm a fan, but it's it's not a it's not a pure victory. Um, there's uh, you know no, yeah not at all yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else was on my list. I think that is about it were the, the main ones that I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, with this stuff, I think a lot of it really is just, uh, it's, it's a way to invest in, in a higher quality. A lot of times I think this is the mm -hmm. thing is like the, the ones that stick with me are the ones that are in at least some ways, a higher quality experience. And that's why I like the scrub brushes and the plates and everything, you know, it's never going to be better in every single way or else it would be the dominant thing in all likelihood, or at least that's what capitalist theory would dictate. Um, and why would that be wrong? Um, but, but, uh, and, and, um, but, but under things where it's like, for me, what I notice is when there's like a, a quality difference without a super big price difference. And maybe it's because you invest in front, which not everybody can mm -hmm. do. Um, or maybe it's because you're willing to pay a couple bucks more, but those are the things that are the most sticky to me. I think I was going to say, I'm, I was really happy to hear that Sarah, the plastic specialist said that she used a silicone. Cause I've started moving towards getting more silicone type items. Mm -hmm. Um, like I, for Christmas, I asked for some silicone mats to use instead of foil on my baking sheets so that I'm not just balling up a bunch of foil all the time. Right. And, and so I'm like, okay, so that is a good step. No, that right. is a good step. And that's, that's so I've done a lot of bread baking, like everybody else has, right? And in bread baking, they're always telling you to cover their stuff with plastic wrap um, while it rises. And, and so that always irritates me. Uh, so I should look into other alternatives. I agree. Do you use the, like the, the beeswax covered cloths? fabric i don't i've seen some of those uh no i haven't really used them someone that i worked with uh, gave me some um uh actually so when we had our, our third kid uh, they brought like meals to our house and someone i worked with um uh, gave me some as a result of that and they were kind of cool i just didn't get into it for some reason what i'm doing yeah. instead is i'll just like cover it with a plate and be like that's eh, close enough and like wait down the <laughs> you know like, maybe some air can get in but it's not like i'm you know working at tartine bakery or whatever it is anyway so who mm -hmm. cares yeah well, I'm super excited about uh, 2020 wrapping up podcast-wise and 2021 coming. We have a lot of fun things planned, but think it back. What do you uh, – we have? I thought it might be good to take a minute to reflect on the first year of the podcast, which I think has been a lot of fun and, and uh, in ways that I didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, so do you have any thoughts on that, Megan or Carolyn? It was just fun to, for me to learn about different aspects of the Great Lakes that I either didn't know or didn't remember from childhood. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think we mentioned this last episode, but it's been a few weeks. But uh, like, it's not a joke. Like, I don't know any of this stuff whatsoever. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. I like to fa fancy myself pretty clever, but I just don't know squat when it comes to this kind of stuff. So it's been all the amount that I've learned, like ranging from, you know, episode one with the microplastics, to episode two with uh, Dr. Michael Twist about the formation of the Great Lakes and the ice sheets pulling back mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the tribal things we've just started to delve into. And we have so much more to talk about. It's been a, a ton. So I, I, I've learned a ton, too. Carolyn, I assume you've learned nothing as our resident Canadian and Great Lakes expert. <laughs> well, obviously. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it's nice to hear so many different perspectives um, from, you know, the researcher perspective or the uh, management perspective or um, 
particular individuals who are just, they just love the Great Lakes. And um, so I think that's been really cool. Um, looking forward to hearing more from some of our guests. Hopefully some of them will come back again and talk a little bit more about the um, particular topics that are really important and things like that. So um, no, I, I, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I agree. It's been a ton of fun. And uh, we're really excited for 2021 to come. we got a lot of things planned. Uh, we're going to do, we'll, we'll go into details over the next few weeks. And really you should, the probably the thing to do is to follow us on Twitter at uh, Teach Great Lakes. And um, let me just double check that I didn't screw that up. Because uh, we'll announce stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yes, at Teach Great Lakes on Twitter, uh, which I'm currently logged into, actually. Uh, and the feed changed when I added the two political scientists to it, <laughs> like, and when I'm seeing the number, because uh, we follow all our guests. And so uh, it's, it's now a m more spicier feed than it used to be. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, we're going to do like a book club. We're going to come up, we're going to read a book together and try to get either the author or someone who knows about the book on there. And so look for an announcement about that soon. Uh, we're going to try to have an awards ceremony, the Lakeys, um, which I hope will be coming up in the next several months. And then I hope we'll rotate to an annual thing starting in December, but we'll see um, how that goes and how much pushback I get. So maybe there'll be no lakeys, um, but I think there'll be lakeys. There'll be lakeys. And uh, <laughs> um, I am the executive producer. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, every now and again, you got to put down the uh, the product producerial finger and or that's putting up the producerial finger. You put down the producerial heel. Anyway, point is, there's going to be lakeys. Um, and, uh, you know, but we're also going to continue to have great guests on and, and we're going to continue to try to come to you the first Monday of every month and most most of the third Mondays of the month. And so it should be a lot of fun. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. It's been a blast. We've, uh, you know, exceeded our goals by uh, several fold in terms of number of listeners already, which is great. We'd love to have more. So if you could take a second and tell a friend about us, that'd be super. Or subscribe if you're not subscribed. Don't download each episode. Subscribe so they come automatically. You're saving yourself time. Um, and if you can yeah. do a review, that's great. Five-star reviews, even double plus greater. So uh, we appreciate you doing that. But if not, just stay tuned. It's going to be a fun year. We're going to learn a ton because there's still a lot that I don't know about the Great Lakes, even after 23 episodes. And so by the end of this year, uh, there'll be, uh, let's face it, still a lot that I don't know, uh, but maybe a little <laughs> bit less. And we'll have some fun along the way. Megan, where can people go to follow you and your work? You can find me on Twitter at underscore TFFP or on Instagram at The Familiar Faces Project. Excellent. And Carolyn, you don't do uh, social media, but where can people find out some of the stuff we do? We have a few feeds for Illinois Indiana Sea Grant, don't we? Yes, you can go to Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, I-L-I-N-S-E-A-G-R-A-N-T. Yeah, do that. And a fun cases. one that uh, we don't talk about much is the Buoys feed. If you remember the Buoy episode from last year, that was a lot of fun. Go follow the Buoys on Twitter. You can do that. It's, uh, what is it, two yellow Buoys with two spelled out, right? That's correct, yes. And they're probably sleeping right now because they typically doze at this time of year, yes. but yes. Well, uh, they'll be waking up soon and we'll have some announcements. They might be getting a younger, do the Buoys have a gender? I don't know, brother or sister, um, if everything goes well. But uh, we'll talk about that later. Well, thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. Uh, here's to 2020 in the books. Uh, good from a podcast standpoint. Um, not the best year from a geopolitics, public health, and everything else uh, standpoint, but we're getting through it one day at a time. And, uh, and everybody wash, wash your, your hands, hands, wear your masks, wash yeah, your hands. Hope isn't here, but she would tell you to do that. And while you're doing it, get some Castile soap and you can wash your hands without feeling guilty. Like that's the other thing is like, you can just use a ton of soap and be like, it's fine. It's fine. I can just mm -hmm. squirt it everywhere. Uh, um, because who cares? Yeah. All right. Well, any Stuart Carlton, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you on the first Monday of every month and the third Monday of most months. And in between now and then keep great in those lakes. Awesome.